Welcome to the Inspiring Humans podcast. We are so happy to have you listening. My name is Stephanie Willard, and this podcast is a platform to showcase the incredible human spirit. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world and all walks of life who will be sharing with us their personal dreams and their dreams for the future. I believe that through coming together and creating community, incredible things are possible. In fact, anything is possible. And I hope that this podcast is a launch pad for creating the new world that we want to see that will have humanity free, thriving and living in their full self-expression. So privileged today to have James on the podcast, James Roderick Byrne, who I actually met through the Golden Key Association, which is for the top 15% students in terms of, you know, academic marks. And I spoke at one of their conferences and James was one of the incredible students that came forward and said, I'd love to volunteer for Seven Women, uh, the charity that I founded. And I just found James to be so uh, generous, you know, have that generosity of spirit that I absolutely love and we've kept in touch and so that's really inspired me James about you your generosity of spirit and you've got a very interesting background and a very interesting skill set so I'd just like to read out the bio that you've sent me so um, James Roderick Byrne was born in Townsville in 1997 and has lived there ever since he graduated in the class of 2014 in Townsville State High School. It was there that he was one of the children with a different mind, thanks to his Asperger's syndrome. As an adult, he's still not your average person. Average is not fun anyways, I agree. His hobbies include writing, filming and flying with massive bookshelves to prove it. Since graduating high school and studying aviation at Central Queensland University, James was eager to travel and see the world at any opportunity. Having already been to Japan, Indonesia and Thailand, he had an especially transformative journey through Turkey and Greece in 2015. He also studied abroad at the Korean Aerospace University in the Republic of Korea during 2017. Wow. Earlier that year, James and his father, John, volunteered as deck crew for the Y... WAM medical ship in Papua New Guinea. As it made its way from Alotau to Ley, James realised his talent for volunteering and charity work, the thrill of adventure and joy in contributing to a better world were the best parts. He came, then came February 2019 when Townsville was struck by a disastrous flood. James was motivated to volunteer however he could. He can be seen volunteering at the Community Information Centre, studying hard in his Bachelor of Aviation and helping in his city wherever and however possible. James, that's an epic bio and I think you share many people's passion, which is to make a difference, you know, with our skills and our energy and attention. So, so um, happy to have you on the podcast today. And uh, I'd love to just start with maybe speaking a little bit more about your passion for helping people and, you know, more about where that came from and the first time you kind of got a bit of a sense of that. Of course, Stephanie, my pleasure. Go for it. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've always been an adventurous sort of mind. Like I've always wanted to like just see the world and just take opportunities as, as they come to me on my, on my adventures. As you mentioned, the, 
the PNG medical ship is where the more modern phase of that adventure, if you will, began to surface. Because we, we did a lot of hard work on that ship and in intense tropical rainforests as well. So it, it was something that I've been that I was inspiring to do since my high school days. And nowadays, um, I think now is more of a time than ever for people to just simply volunteer to help others. I love that. I think that's so important and the thrill that you get from volunteering and supporting you know, community organisations and also the great people that you meet doing it because I think the type of people that are attracted to volunteering and helping others are incredible humans to know and have as part of your network. So um, can you just like, because I know nothing about aviation myself and I'm sure that a lot of the listeners have no idea about aviation and, you know, what you did on the medical ship, what, like paint a picture for us so we can imagine what it was like to be on the medical ship and then share a little bit about your aviation adventures. Uh, yes, of course. So the medical ship went from the, the um, Milne Bay, which is on the far edge of New Guinea, to Leh, which is like the second largest if I'm city, if I'm not mistaken. But um, together we braved the rough seas at the helm of a speedboat, trekked through hot and insect-infested rainforests, and saw many wonderful and unique natural sights. The days offered intense heat and violent thunderstorms. The nights were still and silent, accompanied by the many insects of the dark and the beams of light from the other ships and ports. The duties were many and challenging, but yielded the rewards of adventure provided by the surrounding natural wonders. Every day was one of challenges, duties, and endurance. That's what makes them so epic in hindsight. You had to earn your right to be in Papua New Guinea through the weather threat, present threat of natural infections. People who have ventured there have many stories to tell, and I was no exception. As for the aviation stuff, well, I've always had a passion for aviation because my high school was actually one of the very few in Townsville, maybe even the only, to have an aerospace studies dedicated class, courtesy of Timothy Durow and all the others. And then when they gave me the book that listed every single uni course in Australia from first to last, um, I found that Central Queensland University was hosting a distance ed diploma of aviation theory, which in 2015, I took and never looked back since. Okay, that's, that, that's a bit of a lie. I looked back for, for a lot of good reasons, but, but um, and also I grad, um, it's just through that that I personally developed into the person that I am now. So when I was so when my father and I went to Avalon Air Show in 2019, and saw a and saw a man from CQU advertising a Bachelor of Aviation course, I couldn't stop thinking of it ever since. So, and then come mid 2020, I took it. Unreal. And, and now I'm taking flight lessons. 
Amazing, amazing. Um, how exciting would it be to be up in a plane? I mean, I'm trying to imagine it. I mean, I get so excited being in a plane, traveling places, but imagine being in the cockpit, like that would be next level exciting. Oh yes, exciting. And also like you always keeping you on your toes, especially if you were the pilot in command handling the radio communications. Like there are heaps of, of things you need to do before you get in the cockpit, like make sure the plane is in decent condition and when you climb in, um, go through all the checks of the cockpit and then, and then set everything up like the fuel pump. And, and then, then once everything is clear, you say clear prop and start the propeller. And then you tune into this automated uh, weather system, which is like a temperature two niner or something like that. And, then you jot down all the stuff and the, like, and de uh, practically decode it basically. And then you say, then you tell the tower, the ground and the tower, and that you want to just fly around, not above five thousand feet. And um, you follow, and you get the clearance, and you uh, you follow up to the taxiways, and then hold short of the runway. They give you the final go, and you're away. Amazing. Thanks for talking us through that. I can I feel like I'm there in the cockpit and it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> um, Houseville is so, a very beautiful place from above. Mm, I can imagine. I can imagine. I've been in a tiny little flight when we used to, when we led a trip to the Torres Strait Islands and, um, you know, from Cairns up to the Torres Strait Islands and it was just incredible to see the you know, crystal clear blue water as you fly over and you could actually see some of the turtles through the, um, you know, through the water, which was next level amazing. Yes, I remember flying flying with my dad's friend over um, Port Phillip Bay from one end of it to the other for that, for the 20, I think it was like the 2013 Avalon Air Show. And you could see the cliffs and he's like, down there you can usually see all the seals and sea lions. <laughs> the, that, and then the sharks come up to eat them. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> in, interesting choice of nostalgia there, Mr. S Mr. Carter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, James, you have obviously got a great passion and talent for, you know, accents and acting and writing. And thanks for the medical ship uh, explanation in Papua New Guinea. That really brought it to life, you know, because you described it through the senses for all of us listening and also, um, you know, in the cockpit there. So where, where did that come from? And are you like, do you actively participate in acting classes? And how did you kind of, how did you get into that? Well, I was, I actually dug up some old files about that a while ago. So in the, in the YWAM U Street, we once had a big film festival. And I thought, oh, because I'm good at writing, I could probably do that. And and I looked at, and, and my friend David and I found the, the original video that I used. And oh my goodness, it was on a huge stage screen to set to multiple rows of seats. <laughs> and I just seeing myself on that screen <laughs> and, and looking at it, looking at it like nine years later, I'm like, wow, I was not very good. <laughs> 
my my camera quality was awful. My acting was as convincing as a plastic slide, and my jokes fall so flat that they make you just shrivel up. <laughs> oh my god! But how amazing to uh, no, to really feel how much you've progressed since then. Like I was so impressed uh, when I rocked up to this podcast and you came onto the Zoom and you've got your own microphone. And I know because you've helped me with producing the podcasts in the past that you know so much about audio and all of that sort of stuff now so you've come so far yes yes my youtube channel actually had a huge uh um, spike in subscribers recently and yeah like you you said you said yourself stephanie that you were interested in 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 entering the world of youtube with your channel <laughs> um, yeah, well, with the charity, we have a lot of videos on YouTube. You know, it's it's a good way. If people can't travel to Nepal and see our work, it's just a very important way to show donors and sponsors and things what we're actually doing over there and showcase the incredible um, work of seven women and that all the women do over there. So uh, YouTube's been a great facilitator of that. Yes, just just one just a bit of advice when you when you do. Um, 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 continue that journey. So the the view counts, like the views of a video, will not necessarily equal the work you put into it. <laughs> because, yeah, like my my views were uh, uh, were pretty dreadful back in the day. Like you, I was lucky to get one or two, and that. But that's because, um, well, well, you need to make sure that people know what you are offering in, in your videos. Like you, and when you start, like it, you are going to be rough around the edges, unless you have like many years of exper of experience and and in web marketing and video making. Then, mm. because back in the, because way back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands rather, like nobody knew what to, nobody what knew what to do on YouTube. So mm. that's was, right. So when looking back on some of the stuff now, it was a lot of random stuff. Like that's the that's the perfect word for YouTube, random. Random. I love that word. Uh, yeah, you're right. And I think you've mentioned a really critical point, which is don't, you know, I think sometimes people can expect themselves to be perfect when they begin. And it, it's not like that, you know, because I think sometimes we see other things that are out there and up there and we think, you know, if it's not that good, it's not good but it's you know everyone starts somewhere and you know you just got to take the first step and then as you said you look back now and you go oh my god how much have I progressed since that first time that I tackled acting and you know I was on the big screen and now you've learned so many different skills so it's it's just about starting and you know positive also like positive mental talk and encouraging yourself to start and wherever you're at that you'll get better yes of course I um, if you uh, to quote like one of my favorite YouTubers who 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 did look back on his old videos and stuff like that, if you do look back on them and think, oh gosh, what was I thinking? Then you're on the right path because. Um, and also, if you start YouTube like and or any video service like that, thinking that this is going to be your career and you're going to make stuff of it, then you've already failed. <laughs> you're you're. Uh, to quote him directly, if you think you're a hot piece of chicken before going into the oven, 
the rest of the world will see how raw you are and put you away with the rest of the, with the rest of the food. <laughs> oh my God. So can you share some other accents with us? Can you share some, some of your favorite accents or parts that you've memorized of poems or plays or anything like that? Go for it. Share some of your talent. Oh uh, yes. So you may, you may remember Tony Martin from the 1990s. <laughs> he was a, he was a really good impressionist on radio. He would say stuff like, hello, I'm Kerry O'Brien. Now, welcome to a very special edition of Late Line. And of course, I do like the majority of acting in my films. Like, this is HQ. Friendly fighters are inbound to secure air supremacy. Please maintain the line of defense until they reach. All right, but I'll tell them I'll be seeing them once we land. Over. That's very good. Any different accents, like from different countries? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, my name is Commander Radley Langham. I was the former Prime Minister of Ireland and now Company uh, Commander of Tehranus Aerospace International, the main heroes of other series I create. I love that. I love the Irish accent. I'm so glad that you choose, chose the Irish accent to share with us. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people love the Irish accent. It's very friendly sounding. Um, amazing. So, James, with the, I just had a very specific technical question with the flying, you know, that you do. Um, when you're up in a small plane, you said under 5,000 feet that you've got to let them know that you're flying around. I know that above 5,000 feet, it's like, you know, um, the flight paths, they have flight paths and that's what the, can you give us a bit of an insight into, um, you know, because the, the towers, they manage the who's flying where at what time and so there's no collisions in the air. How is it managed with small aircrafts? Absolutely. So, um, so basically it, uh, flying is divided into two classes, visual flight, flight rules, VFR, and instrument flight rules, IFR. So visual is when you're using like actual landmarks and, and, and places to navigate. So say, so if you wanted, so basically um, in doing circuits, which is, what, which is what we do in training, you fly around, like, like Townsville's got two, two air, air, air runways, like, and so you land on the short one or, or the long one, depending on the, the wind pat, patterns. And so you, so you take, so you take off, you, you look to, you look in a direction and also look both ways and to make sure there's no obstacles. And then you, and then you turn around like careful use of the rudders to, and the, and the stick and, and then yeah, IFR is like you're you're watching your altimeter and your speed, and also there are there are indeed um, IFR flight routes that commercial airlines take to go to and from places. Like you will you will notice that that no that not many people go go out on open water, but rather stick to uh, shorelines. Like when flying from Sydney to Dubai in on in that Turkey to Greece holiday, 
like we flew up to Indonesia and through India and then down to Dubai. That's amazing. And when you say we flew, who, who are you talking about? My fam my family. Oh, you flew in your own plane? No, no, we flew Emirates. Okay, I was going to say, sorry. <laughs> I thought that's an epic flight route. It sounded like you were saying we as in, because um, I know you've learned how to fly and you've been up flying airplanes yourself. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So, um, wow, yeah, it's it would be an incredible skill to have and an incredible feeling to be able to fly a plane. So, you know, and I know because I've had friends that have studied and I know it's very hard to get into that course and you need really top grades to kind of do that because it's so technical. And so congratulations for passing your exams. And I know that you've been doing some recently as well, but you've, yeah, you're on the way to great success there and you'll absolutely pass the exams that you've just sat. So. Yes. And I am continuing still mm. well into, well into late 2022 and possibly 23. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about, I love the way in your bio you've described your um, superpower almost as your Asperger's syndrome. And for those people that don't know what that is, can you just explain a little bit what those superpowers are that come with having that uh, as a label? Because, you know, I actually, I, I'm someone who doesn't like to see any labels. You know, I think we're all very different as humans and all very same as well in terms of having incredible life force and creative ability to bring in our special skills into the world. And I'm just, I love the way that you explained um, that and it's enabled you to do some amazing things. So um, can you share a bit more with us about that? Okay. So Asperger's is, a, is it can be described as low level autism, which, which I was diagnosed with in 2006. It was a it was a fitting diagnosis because I because right right from kindergarten like my parents could see that I was not like all the rest so so I I thought differently like and I also had I also had deep fascinations for stuff that I liked like that that's that's the primary trait of Asperger's like like people could like those kids could be like be fascinated with Legos. Or connect, or other connecting stuff. Like my, like my fascination for whatever reason, are these connect, are these connector pens? <laughs> like that's my, that's like a, that's like a de-stress for me, a de-stressing mechanism, <laughs> like a pacification. Depends. Yes, and uh, and also, um, I've also gone to many of a, uh, is it? Um, Oh gosh, I forgot his name, but um, um, but was it Tony Mooney or oh gosh, I I, I wish I knew, but um, he was like a very like world expert on Asperger's syndrome. Like he's 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 um, had many experiences with with different types of children with Asperger's and autism in general. And uh, yeah, but so autism can be a bit disabling. Like some, like some children won't develop speech, or or just or just 
require special treatment. And but yeah, so so people with Asperger's have a big tendency to think outside the square. And as oh. his, and as history has proven, um, there are always people that need to th that think outside the square and just do great things like Leonardo da Vinci thought outside the square. Albert Einstein. Absolutely. So many geniuses thought outside the square and so many, you know, people that have had such an influence on um, societies in years and years, you know, um, after they, you know, passed away have been incredible geniuses and very, very passionate, as you said, about certain topics. Yeah. Like, huh? Uh, for, in a more modern example, Hans Zimmer thought outside the square whenever he composes. Like, oh, many wow. Thank you for reminding me about him. He is incredible. I'm going to listen to his music as soon as we finish this podcast. I love his music. Um, Ooh, Hans Zimmerman. Just a just a real quick example about Hans Zimmer. Like yeah. when what when watching his when watching the movie Dunkirk, which he was the which was that World War II movie that he composed. He, invent, he used something called the shepherd tone, which is just a music, like a three-second loop, but it sounds like it's continuously escalating and escalating and escalating, even though it isn't. So that 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 really keep, kept me on edge throughout the whole film. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Oh, thank you for reminding me about him. Uh, yeah, and you're 100% right. I think the more people can think outside the box, the better. The more it's, I mean, now more important than ever before. And I saw an amazing quote the other day saying, um, <laughs> now I'm going to forget that what the quote was, but it was like, um, don't think outside the box, have no box to begin with. There is no box. And I was just like, oh, that feels really liberating, that quote. But I love that and um, you know it's fantastic that you've got such interesting passions because lots of people are actually looking for that passion in life I think and searching for uh, that type of level of passion in things that they're interested in so it's actually quite amazing and that you're pursuing them James you're actually pursuing those passions like aviation and and that sort of thing so and it's incredible the amount of places that you've been able to travel um, at your how old are you exactly 24 24 so you've traveled to, to some epic places and you're only 24 that's incredible um amazing now can you share some of the the in your journey some of the key turning points for you or some of the memories that you have of people that have really encouraged your potential and encouraged you to explore that that you know passion that you have Okay, so um, so when I, let's so let's rewind back to my primary school days. There was there was a writer who was also a really good actor. Like he he he, like he would. There were videotape like audio tapes, cassette tapes, of him just telling his story to a bunch of kids, and they would laugh. Like it was it was like a stand up comedy basically. <laughs> um, and he did like children's stuff and and his talent was he could talk in a very high pitch so this is a story about me when i was only three kim lardner is his name and and um i admired him so much that i wanted to see him 
and we actually managed to pull enough strings to get him to pay a take pay a visit from his from his quiet town in Melbourne all the way up here to Townsville in North Queensland. Now that was a start. Amazing. That would have been incredible. In 2015, I met I met a person who has become who started from the bottom and became very successful nowadays. Her name is Rebecca Statham. When I when I met her in Brisbane in 2015, she was she was also a world traveler, <laughs> basically um, going going places where her family had business in and where she was trying to get business in, like to like Dubai, um, Ken, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, Guangzhou, China, Argentina, I think too, and and now but now she settled down in Melbourne and has had and has had time to like expand her expand her personal brand and then she released a book which became a bestseller and now she does like little business and personal development courses like little ones that i that i take and i owe her i owe her a, a lot for just um helping me personally develop and also and also promote my business on my own which has worked as we've seen with the sudden rise in my youtube um, subscribers well done james and I'll, I'll definitely put your youtube link in the bio of this podcast so people can check it out too and um and well done for having the curiosity to develop yourself i think you know it's so um amazing to be a person that is constantly wanting to self-improve and evolve and be the best version that you can be. And I know that you've got that desire. So it's it's admirable. And of course, it was nobody understood my passion of aviation more, in my opinion, than my late grandfather. Like he used to he used to fly around the property a lot. Like he had lots of stories about flying. And uh he, he passed away in 2014 and I, 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 I offered the best tribute I could offer to his memory by living each day to the fullest. Wow. And do you have uh, beautiful memories with your grandfather? Yes, but sadly not much. <laughs> because you would have been quite young. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, how, how phenomenal to know that it runs in the family that, talent and that passion and um, yeah i'm sure he'd be looking looking down on you from up there or wherever he is and i'm very very proud of you yeah um yes my my father is a has been a lawyer practicing lawyer but he didn't recommend that i take up that part of the family business because yeah apparently not only in, not only is the law like something I'm completely new to, but apparently it's not as, to quote, quoting him, not me. Apparently, it's not as interesting as it used to be. <laughs> maybe that's very wise advice, and I think maybe aviation sounds way more interesting anyway, and you sound way more passionate about that. Yes, <laughs> you can you can accept lawyers in your airplanes when you fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Amazing. Also, I'm more motivated nowadays to to uh, take up volunteering and charity work. 
because do you remember reading about the 2019 Townsville floods? Yeah, yeah. And tell us a bit more about your community work. That sounds very interesting. Well, when I saw, like, I, I was safe from the floods because of my house's elevation and North Ward. But when I was seeing, like, this, like, my people just suffer, basically, like, lots of homes are destroyed, and there were countless home, homeless and refugees in their own city. And I'm just sitting there going, I, I can't just, I can't just sit here. Like, I, I was like, I was like, hey, Dad, can we please do something? And, well, we, we actually did do something. We drained water out of the lodge we own. Then I helped my cousin. Then I found out that YWAM had connections with something called Teen Townsville, which was going around and handing out emergency numbers to affected areas. So I took, took part in that, where my work experience, where my volunteering experience in Papua New Guinea proved very useful, not just in the labor work, but also the weather. 44 degree heat. Oh, that is oh that. Oh my God. That, for the record, is not normal in Townsville. That is messed up. But, but, and then, then afterward, I, I joined the Townsville Community Information Center, which is like a, a basically a, an information center for anybody new to Townsville. And also takes part in and advertises many volunteering activities. It's also a place where I can um, work on my skills, like like web design and and uh, or just just spreading just spreading the word and manage, and how to make social media platforms um, work, basically. Mm, so it sounds like you've got lots of different skills to share with people uh, as well. Yes. Just recently, um, I was so surprised to see like all the complex backstories behind all the fonts of Microsoft Word. Like each one isn't just simply slapped together. It's like got a, each one's got like a little story behind it. Wow. For the record, I like to use Boscoville Oldface. It's, it's fancy but not over the top. Oh, I have to try that one out. You have to send me that one in a message. Yeah, looking for a new font to use. I think fonts are beautiful and it makes, it makes a huge difference, doesn't it, the fonts that you use? Yes, like if you, if you use like some uh, like organised and structured or if you choose an artistic one like Matisse, it means you're artistic. And if you choose Arial, it means you're, you're pretty lazy and always use the default. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you use freehand script, it means you're probably a horrible speller, so you try to hide it with a hard-to-read font. If you use gothic, it means you're really pale and wear black. And if you choose wingding, which is the symbols, it means you have no life. <laughs> oh, my God. Wingding. I didn't know there was a font called wingding. It's one of those, like, symbols instead of letters. And I'm just like, what's the point of that? <laughs> yeah, amazing. So... What lights you up the most about everything and, and what's your kind of, do you have a future vision? Do you have a goal that really excites you that you're kind of working towards with everything that you're involved in? Well, well, nowadays I don't really have much uh, time to work on my long term because uh, just with, the, with busy study and I just like to 
focus on what happens in the next few months or something like that. But hopefully that I become like I want to be I want to be a published writer. And Amazing. and have a career in aviation. Unreal. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say you you've told me your long-term goal and vision that totally excites you before, and that's a career in aviation. And I didn't know about the published writer. I think that's a fantastic one. And I think you're so talented in writing that you will definitely become a published writer. Yes. Oh, but yes, that, that reminds that reminds me. Um, one of my also one of my long-term goals is work in video or cinema. Uh, like with YouTube, don't be afraid to like experiment. I just try uploading this type of video where it goes. Because I know I have a lot of old, like obscure uh, videos on my hard drive, which I was digging up. <laughs> like one of which was something we bought from like a market stall that we had no idea where it was from. And then I found it again and then looked up where it came from. And it's like a Japanese anime about like Western fairy tales. And, and I'm like, this, this is what I watched in my childhood with on those VHSs. That's probably what contributed to my different mind uh, nowadays because I, I watched so much things that were, that were, that nobody else seemed to watch. And just, yeah, because um, I, I was just following my own creative path. And then came all the, the web, the online internet uh, little computer games, which unfortunately all perished this year, this year when Flash decided to end December 20, to, to, at 2020, Flash decided to end. I'm like, ooh, Oh, we oh poor 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 use of traffic. Like no nobody uses it anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I disagree with that. <laughs> but now, James, like I'd love to just rewind back a little bit. I think you mentioned something that's very important, and it's you know, and your understanding and self awareness around this is very um, very interesting. You know, the, the the some of the movies that you watched kind of shaped who you are and how your mind and I think all of our minds you know what what are we putting into our minds and is it positive is it actually enabling us to be the best versions of ourselves in future and is it inspiring us and making us think bigger and better and you know it, it's absolutely critical to understand that our minds you know run our lives especially the subconscious which you know not many people know too much about but it's it's the information that we put into our minds that create um, our future basically and have the ability to anyway if we allow it to and I think controlling controlling our minds is of utmost importance so it is very um, it, it is absolutely critical that people understand that what we're listening to and what we're watching and what we're putting into our minds does actually matter so much yes I know and I know a good example like uh, well Obviously, um, like I, like a lot of kids, like I taught like the ABCs through Sesame Street and stuff like that. Like I was, even though it did kind of brainwash us to think that X and Y and Z instead of Z, <laughs> and like oh, like oh that yeah, and also um, 
And also nowadays, when there's those kids grow up, they can look at the puppet work and be like, oh, I see what they did there. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, one of the first VHS tapes I ever had was a documentary or a collection of ABC documentaries on steam trains. And they were all hosted by very upper class accents, which seemed to dominate the 20th century back in the day. And that was my introduction to the adult speaking world. <laughs> so, so several times I would talk like an actual documentary guy. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. I wonder what would happen, I wonder what would have happened if, like, I, if David Attenborough started doing documentaries when I was a child. <laughs> well, it's, it also, seems... Also, there are many uh, children's TV shows like that like teach morals like even like even like oh who in the audience remembers that roller coaster show which is like a host of other shows <laughs> yeah g'day everyone i'm elliot spencer okay but uh, getting off track but yeah like you know you may notice that like in a story like bionicle for instance like there's like a few warriors of on the good of the various elements and they got to defeat the bad guy of darkness but the story is, the moral is they can't do it alone. Like you know, every time one of them tried to wander off and do it himself, he would, he would, he would normally fail. So they work together, merge their elements into one and defeat him. Our only hope is to work together. It's a more, it's, I actually took a saying from that, a main saying from that Bionicle series that I think is still pertinent even today. Unity, duty, and destiny. Wow, that's amazing. My, that's my example. <laughs> Stronger together. I love it. Love the message. And yeah, you're right. The the you know, lots of morals in videos and that sort of thing that we watch. And if only we could watch more of those sorts of things than the news, I think. And uh, and also with your, you know, passion for filmmaking, uh, you can make films that really have an impact on people like that in, on future. I know, you know, the films that I've watched that really have inspired me have definitely made an impact on on me. Yeah, just just a few months ago, just at the start of this year, I think, my friends and I went and saw like a, it was like a native Australian science fiction film called Operation Rainfall, which is like an alien invasion, but set in Sydney. And, and I was just in awe of what I was watching. Like, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, but, but it has, and I was I, I like, even the trailer is like, what is, this is something new. Like it's you got the Australian Army and Australian Air Force battling aliens, and also, like like the the aliens are real men in costumes. Like you see it on the screen, and so this is like obviously like a like somewhat like some native project that some local director, in this case Luke Spark, um, cooked up, and but I can see his passion and vision on the screen, and. Uh, and I'm like, well, if this, if we're in the, if we're in the time and period where this is considered like, like low budget or or native stuff uh, or independent stuff, that's the word I'm looking for, then I welcome it. If you haven't, if, if you haven't seen that movie, go look at it. It's awesome. Bit rough around the edges, but awesome.
Um, James, thank you so much for your time and for sharing a bit of your journey and your passions with us and also educating us around aviation and what it's like to be in a cockpit of a small plane and um, and also on a big medical ship. That was an amazing piece of writing um, that you read out in, in an accent in a way that ignited all of our senses as if we were there with you. It was amazing. <laughs> So, uh, and that's a real talent to be able to write like that, to be able to engage the, the listeners and all the readers' senses when they're there to make them feel like they're there with you. So um, you've clearly got a talent for writing and acting and aviation, and I can't wait to, to hear um, and to see you thriving in that area in future. Uh, and it's great to also interview someone who has, you know, creativity is very it's very obvious that's at the center of your life and you've got a lot of creativity in your life and you're also freely expressing your own creativity which i'm sure will have an impact on many others in future especially when you become a published writer and start sharing your books so um thank you thanks for sharing all that with us my sincere honor thanks for listening to our inspiring humans podcast and i hope you enjoyed the show If you have any inspiring human in mind that you would like to nominate, please reach out and let us know. Also, you're very welcome to become part of our Facebook group called Inspiring Humans, where you can connect with incredible people from around the globe. Uh, Thirdly, if you are interested in being part of a global network, we have an incredible community at sevencontinentscouncil.com, where we hold events, programs and many different initiatives that you can be involved in. Thank you and see you again soon.